The assumption today is that national starting pitcher Cade Cavalli could be missing a pretty lengthy time. And Davey Martinez has announced who would be replacing Cade Cavalli, and that is veteran pitcher Chad Cool. Well, I'm here to tell you why that is a terrible idea right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for this baseball team here in Washington, D.C. in the podcast form with the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every day. And that is all across the board for any sport. And as always, we are appreciative of your time for taking a listen to us today. But we do have to get into some Nationals news. As we know, two days ago, Cade Cavalli exited early. We saw him wincing. You saw the comments. We read off those comments yesterday from Davey Martinez. And right now, we're in sit-and-wait mode to see what will happen with Cade Cavalli going forward. But here's the thing. Davey Martinez already announced that Chad Cool, formerly with the Colorado Rockies in 2022, will be the starter to replace Cade Cavalli, even if it's a short-term or a long-term injury. And as I said, this is a absolutely terrible idea for the Washington Nationals, and here's why. Chad Cool last year, if you weren't familiar, yes, he was playing in Coors Field, Chad Cool last year in 27 starts had a 5.72 ERA in 137 innings pitch. Again, a 5.72 ERA just this last year. A 30-year-old, a former ninth-round pick out of the University of Delaware, Delaware, Delaware. And this is what we're going with in a rebuilding team that doesn't need to win right away, and also not to mention, we have plenty of other options in our system on this team ready to go that could do much better than Chad Cool. And no, some people might say, well, Ryan, why do you say that when, if you're saying Chad Cool doesn't give you the best chance to win, then why... Let's just be honest here. I ask this question for every single player on this Nationals roster. Can he help me down the line? What can Chad Cool do for me down the line with this Nationals team? Because in this rebuild process, there are a lot of things that you will discover. A lot of those things will be, maybe it might be a fourth outfielder that you didn't think could be that guy. Maybe it's a fifth infielder that you didn't expect to be. Maybe it's a relief pitcher that all of a sudden develops to become one of the better relief pitchers in all of baseball. Chad Cool has had his time. 
He has had his time in the majors for plenty of years now as a starter. You want to know the results? It's not pretty. Chad Cool is not someone that the rebuilding Washington Nationals should be like, this is the guy to replace the 100-mile-per-hour heater that we had with Cade Cavalli. Nuh-uh. You have options down in your farm system. In fact, there's multiple options down in the farm system right now. To name a few, I'm going to get into each and every one of these as this segment progresses. Jake Irwin, Joanna Doan, hell, even Corey Abbott are better options than Chad Cool. I don't understand this decision. I don't even understand why Davey Martinez has come to this conclusion right now. Is this just for spring training? No, he made it pretty clear that Chad Cool was going to be the guy moving forward to replace Cade Cavalli. Now, this doesn't mean he's going to be set in stone for 25 starts this year. I don't expect that from him. No one should, in fact. But just to hear that, when Davey Martinez knows what he's entering into this year, why aren't you going to find out what you have in a Yoan Adone or a Cordy Abbott, a Jake Irwin, one of your better prospects down in the farm system that's 26 years old and in my mind absolutely is ready to go down in the major leagues because I look at someone like Jake Irwin who would be my pick right now of the litter if we're picking all those guys Jake Irvin is someone who should be heavily considered in fact because this is someone who has actually been a solid pitcher throughout his time down in the minor leagues I had the numbers up right here in 56 starts He has a 3-6 ERA, 252 innings, and of course, 235 strikeouts in those 252 innings. Jake Irvin is a much better option sitting here today. I don't care if he's not major league ready. You can develop in the big leagues. You can get better in the big leagues. This madhouse that people think that it's best to develop down in the minor leagues That is true for some cases, but you know what's also even good? C.J. Abrams getting his lumps as a 21-year-old shortstop for the San Diego Padres, learning from his mistakes, capitalizing on those in the offseason. Times like these are when you give young guys a shot, and especially when you're in a rebuild. That's 100% should be a hidden fact. But no, right now, the Nationals are going to decide to go with Chad Cool over a Yoan Adone, who, yes, he got rocked down in AAA last year. Jake Irvin, who's had injuries, but again, he's a 26-year-old, ready to go, down in AAA. And then also Corey Abbott, who, yes, he's not that good, but you can't tell me he's a worse option than Chad Cool. And this isn't a I hate Chad Cool thing. I hate that the fact that this Nationals team that really doesn't have much to lose, they continue to pass over these young prospects for 30-year-olds like Cool. We've seen it time and time again. Anibal Sanchez last year. We loved the guy, but it was time to go. Other veteran starting pitchers. You can even make the case for a Sean Doolittle. It's why we would bring him back when you have a Jose Ferrer. Or a Matt Cronin, 
who could be ready any moment now. It just doesn't make sense why Davey Martinez and his staff choose to go this veteran route once again. And if you were going to go the veteran route, there are guys like Chris Archer, Garrett Richards, who are on the market. And yes, there may cost a little more money than you would want. But if you're trying to enter the season to win, as they say, how are you going to tell me that Jake Irvin isn't a better option than a Chad Cool or Chris Archer or Garrett Richards? Any of those guys right there. How is that not a better option to find out what you have when you have the opportunity? Because you have three guys right now on that starting staff that should be set in stone for the next six-plus years. Cade Cavalli, Josiah Gray, and Mackenzie Gore. Those are your three guys. Obviously, Cavalli could be missing some time. We'll just have to wait and see. But I think the decision to not only name a starter on March 15th going forward, and then to have it not be a young, unproven guy who should be getting a shot in the majors like a Jake Irvin, I think that is a ridiculous mistake by this staff. And that's just me, maybe. But then again, they have to look at themselves in the mirror and tell them, you are rebuilding. This is not the form that we're going to see from you in two years. We're going to work out. We're going to get better. And this is not getting better. Find out what you have. Get Jake Irvin or any of these guys. Maybe a Cole Henry down the line if he's healthy, which we will see eventually. Or even a Thad Ward or Thaddeus Ward is what he wants to go by. Someone who started in the minor leagues you have in your bullpen now. If you're set in stone on him being a relief pitcher, then fine. But if you think there's a possibility that this guy could be a solid starting pitcher in the big leagues, then give him the opportunity to. Why not? If he doesn't work out like that, then guess what? You pull the ripcord. Because he started 13 games last year down in the minor leagues. And damn, his numbers were really damn good. (laughs) So I don't understand this decision. I'm frustrated by it. Obviously, we're really frustrated about the Cade Cavalli injury, which then again adds into this terrible year for the Washington Nationals. I thought about this before the show. This Washington Nationals team right now, in the last year, boy, have they taken some lumps. It has not treated Nationals players, fans, front office, managers, all of it. It has not been a swell time down in the District of Columbia when talking about this Nationals team. So we're going to get into some of those bad times because you know what? You do have to embrace the bad times to enjoy the good times. I do believe that. And man, some of these bad times, they have been bad this last year. I'm going to get into that. We'll go over the timeline. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you guys about my friends over at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained I know you saw Steph Curry hit that three prop last night that I gave you guys well tonight we're taking the bucks 
money line. It's that easy. Thursday night basketball, you got to do it. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 bonus bets when you get FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And now we get into the year that wasn't for the Washington Nationals. Play the sinking Titanic music if you want. I wish I had the capabilities of doing so because that's what it has felt like over the last year. We're not going to go in chronological order here. But then again, we do have to roll around in the mud here, you could say, as a pig. That's what I feel like right now. It's not a good time to be a Washington Nationals fan. And here's my thing. We do have an update on the Masson TV dispute that I'm going to be getting into this third segment. But before that, we got to get into some of the bad things that have happened to the Nationals over the last year. First and foremost, Ted Lerner passing away was an awful tragedy. It sucked. None of us like to see it. This was someone who was a very integral piece to the organization, brought the Nationals to Washington, D.C., or didn't bring them. He bought them, but I don't care what anyone says. His his voice was heard in the MLB and across Major League Baseball into bringing the Nationals here in D.C. So the learners put up the team for sale about late April last year. It was really a shocking decision to where, and at that point it seemed like this team was going to be sold by the offseason and that things are already going to be starting to progress. Well, it's March 16th, the day before St. Patrick's Day, and this team hasn't sold. And in fact, if you were to ask me today, I would say that this team won't be selling. And in some of that case, it has to do with this mass and TV deal. But I also think MLB teams aren't going at market value right now. Artie Moreno, the Angels owner, He put up his team for sale as well. Rob Manfred, at one point in the winter meeting, said that they are progressing well and the team should be sold by opening day. Well, about a month ago, two months ago, Moreno put out a statement stating that he will not be selling the team. And there was wild speculation as to why, but I think we've narrowed it down to he's not getting the market value that he thought he was. So, fast forward to the Nationals. That's probably the same situation that we're going through now. And in fact, if you were to ask me today, are they going to sell? Probably not. Well, unfortunately, this wasn't the only thing that went wrong for the Nationals. Let's take a look back at September of 2022, late September, in fact. Steven Strasburg had that article with Jesse Doherty in the Washington Post. And why that was such a big deal was Steven Strasburg doesn't really open up to the press that much. He's never really been that kind of guy to open up be the cool, friendly guy. In fact, it was more rare for him to say hi than to just walk right by you. He's just not a media guy, which is totally okay. That's his decision. Well, he opened up to Jesse Doherty, covering the Nationals for the Washington Post, and he had some pretty disgusting quotes that I did not want to hear, no one wanted to hear, and this is it. 
his future is in question. He didn't say that quote for word for word, but that's what the whole article was about, was that not even Steven knows what his future holds. The doctors don't know. Davey Martinez has no idea. Mike Rizzo, everyone involved, they have no idea what the future holds for the millionaire starting pitcher for the Washington Nationals, one of the highest paid starting pitchers in baseball still. That guy, the former World Series MVP, someone who has dominated when he is out there all day, every day, any game he is out there, besides the last few years, he has put forward his best effort, and usually the outcomes are wins. Well, we've lost that, and who knows if we're going to get that back eventually. Because not even Steven Strasburg knows that. And that was the part that was jarring to me. Well, Steven Strasburg, as his future is in doubt, so are some of these new rules in baseball. And some of those new rules being the MLB lottery draft. The Nationals were far and away the worst team in baseball last year. If you were to ask me, maybe I'm biased. That's just what we were. Let's be honest. The worst record. The worst starting pitching rotation. We didn't have any home runs. It was a bad, bad year to be a Nationals fan and a Nationals player, quite frankly. Well, then will be lottery happen in early December. As the Nationals were projected to be the number one overall pick. Yes, we were tied with teams like the A's and like the Reds or whoever it may be in that selection. Well, the Nationals ended up with the second overall pick behind the Pittsburgh Pirates, who was that third team, actually now thinking about it. And the Oakland A's, they got down to, I believe, number six. So some people are like, well, the Nationals didn't really get that bad of a deal considering the A's got hosed. Well, I don't know about you guys. I think the worst team in baseball should be rewarded the best pick in baseball. I think that's how sports work. And in fact, look at how the NFL does it. You see teams go from worst to first all the time. You don't really see that too often in the NFL or in the MLB. It's just not that frequent. One, because these prospects that you're drafting in the draft, they don't come up right away. They take time to develop down in the minor leagues. So that's one thing. But also the fact that it is just a much tougher situation to read when you have to give them years of development in advance until they get the call up into the major leagues. You see a lot of busts in the first round. The Nationals were the worst team in baseball. They should be rewarded the number one pick. So, of course, the year that we tanked this past year is also the first year of the MLB lottery draft. The Nationals don't get the number one pick. And yes, if you were to ask me, the number one pick is that valuable to me. You have the pick of the litter. It does not matter who is picking ahead of you or behind you because you're the tone setter. You get to pick the best player in the class, no matter what. You get to do whatever you want to do in the draft. And not to mention, come on, the number one pick is better than the number two pick. It's just that simple. So, in order to help the Washington Nationals be the worst team in baseball last year, they had to pull off a move, a move that we haven't seen in baseball in I don't know how long, if ever, in fact. The Nationals decided to trade away superstar Juan Soto. 
the one that we said, oh, it's okay. Trey Turner can walk. We got to pay Juan Soto, of course. Anthony Rendon, you can walk, no problem. Max Scherzer, no problem, man. No problem. We trade away Juan Soto. Mm -hmm. And as I said, I like this move. I like trading away Juan Soto. The Nationals, as I've been saying this show, they look themselves in the mirror. What is my biggest flaw? We don't have a farm system. We're not spending money. Well, Juan Soto is going to need a lot of money. And two, Juan Soto ain't helping this farm system. But you know what he does? If you put him on the trade market with two and a half years left on his contract, what type of offer is that going to get back? So the Nationals did decide to trade Juan Soto. And as I say, it's a good thing. But you still had to trade away Juan Soto. And if the Nationals weren't in this position of being a really bad baseball team this last year, I would have never wanted to trade away Juan Soto. But unfortunately, we were in this situation. And I know as a fan, I want to win. I root for the Nationals. I don't root for players. I root for the team. That's the hardcore fact of it. If it's best for the team moving forward, which I think it was to get all those prospects back in return, then it's well worth the price. And that price is not having Juan Soto, which is a steep price. But you can't get all those prospects and all those first-round picks that you've had over the years, like C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel, Darlin Susanna, a top pitching prospect out of the international class. You can't get those guys without trading away Juan Soto. So, yes, that is a sad, bad decision to trade away Juan Soto. That's why it falls in that list. But then again, I would have done that trade once again if it was brought up. But before we get into some Masson dispute coverage, because the Nationals and Orioles have been in court for about a decade now, if I check my watch there, it's been a decade. Well, we could be settling this really soon. I'm going to get to that, but before, I'm geeked out to tell you guys about my friends over on Ultimate Baseball GM. And guys, have you ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM the way that I have? I look at Mike Rizzo in the Nationals front office, and I'm like, God, I would love to do that. Now you can. Ultimate GM baseball, or Ultimate Baseball GM instead, that's where you can be your own Mike Rizzo. I've done this, guys, and it has been a blast so far. We are actually competing with all of Locked On MLB hosts. We're having our own little fun competition. It's going to be a good time. First place, and please, guys, Test this out for yourself because we're going to be giving a ton of stuff away. Ultimate GM Baseball is here for you guys as it is for me. And I love running my own team. I want to be a GM someday. It's not going to happen, but I would love to be a GM one day. This gives me the capabilities to do so. And of course, you can play for free as well. That's the best part about it. And guys, Locked On Nationals listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. 
as we were saying, the Nationals are battling it out in court with the Angelos family once again. Guys, this has been a decade-long court battle, but here's the case. The Washington Nationals are in court over about $100 million that they believe they are owed through Masson. They've been battling on and off over the last decade. One arbiter, some say neutral arbiter rather, has stated that the Nationals should be getting $20 million more in revenue per year at some point during the 2010s. Well, the Orioles and their lawyers and Masson did not do that, allegedly. And they've taken it to court to battle it out ever since. And in that case, a lot of people have talked about these Masson issues and holding it back with the Nationals. Well, not only is the team in bad condition with Masson, the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, they also are owed some money from their end, in their opinion, allegedly. So, in the next month or so, and this is all from Ben Strauss in the Washington Post. Check that out, that article out yesterday, because there are some interesting information in that article that could help you out and that could mean a lot of things for the Nationals. Because if the Nationals get this Masson situation solved, guess what? It opens up the possibility for the sale again. And it makes the sale a lot more likely, in fact. Because a lot of people have speculated that the Masson situation the Nationals are going through is what's holding us all back. And also not to mention, dominoes have been falling in the right direction to make this happen. MLB baseball could be taking back RSNs for Bally Sports allegedly going bankrupt. But at that point, if MLB baseball did decide to do that, it would take the powers away from the local markets into the national markets like the MLB, and they would have control over the TV deals going forward. As Nationals fans, we would love that. This is what we're rooting for. We hope to God that the Nationals are owed this money and this is what they get in court. Now, if they don't do it, I don't know where we go from here. Because honestly, from all the things that I've read, this should be going the Nationals' way in court. And again, they're owed, some people even say, around 200 to $400 million, or $40 million per year, rather. That's some speculation, allegedly, in there. But we'll just have to see how it plays out. But I will say, we'll keep an eye on this. We'll try to get some legal experts on this show because obviously I haven't been to law school. I can't break down all these rules and laws that could be being broken that we just don't really know. Because this is a very, very deep in the weed situation that has been literally going on for a decade now, battling it out in courts. And now in the next month, the arbiters are expected to make some sort of decision, whether it's for the Nationals or against them. In that case, finally. Thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball and win your leagues by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you everything you'll need to know about fantasy baseball. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your pods and on YouTube. Of course, it's part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every single day. And guys, thank you again. We will talk to you soon on the other end.
I'll talk to you guys another day. Go Nationals.